everybody. Welcome back to Elder Geeks Game Club. This is episode number 33, Colorbind. My name is Steve, and with me, as always, is Phil. Phil, how you doing this, this evening? I am very tired this very evening. Very tired. But, I, I'm, but I'm here for the game club. I can relate. I'm glad to have you here. And also with us, as always, is Mr. Randy. Randy, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Game Club is like my is like my palate cleanser podcast, and I hope it's everybody else's palate cleanser podcast as well. <laughs> it's certainly mine too. It's more of like a, it's more of like a master cleanse, like a, <laughs> <laughs> like I drank a big lemonade full of paprika and clean myself out kind of podcast. <laughs> For me, it's more like an enema. Well, like yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what uh, master cleanse is. Except that oh, you start you start at the top of the intestine, work your way down, as opposed to going up. Uh, you know, very good. The uh, the other it's way. More, for me, it's more like a butt chug. A butt. <laughs> oh, Jesus! I can't believe that's a thing. Oh my god! I, I actually <laughs> don't know what it is. Uh, I'm kind of glad that I don't too. <laughs> it's that big. Uh, well, there's what school is it, Steve? That I don't. Big what one of the college? I don't know which college. Yeah, anyway, is. big college. Before we get too off track. Big story came out about bug chugging at one of these colleges. Uh, anyway, all it is is you drink alcohol through your ass because apparently you get drunk faster. Yeah, because the inside uh, lining of your large yes. colon absorbs uh, nutrients. Correct. Yes, and it, and it doesn't fil- it doesn't get filtered through your um, liver or li- anything yeah. else really. Yeah. So you just uh, <laughs> you're basically pour- cutting out all the middlemen. <laughs> You're going right to the source, baby. (laughs) Factory direct asshole drinking. (laughs) So, yeah, I I actually, I I have heard about it, and apparently there's a feminine version of it as well. Oh, oh God. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Let's just stop right there. College education, baby. That's what you learn when you're in college. Where were you going to school right now? (laughs) I was... (laughs) Randy, it sounds to me like you butt-chugged before in your day. I have never never done that before, no. I was, I was, I liked... I liked funneling stuff, but uh, I was never, yeah. never a uh, butt chugger. I went to I went to art school, so everyone was just wearing eyeliner and listening to Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> I went, Steve. I went to the same school, and I had some experiences there. Oh yeah, and no, I, I did, and I I, I, uh. I sat in a computer lab all the time, pretty much <laughs> for, for the entire time I was there. Well, I dated, I my dated someone, my wife. Uh, was staying at the dorms. So I was at the dorms a lot. You were probably uh, okay. Not yeah. No, I, 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 uh, no, I commuted there. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, anyhow. Oh wait. Wh- are we doing a podcast? <laughs> oh. Uh, we are anyway. doing a podcast, and it is about colorblind. Colorblind. Anyway, this is the game club, and for those of you joining us for the first time, uh, what we do here on the game club is we'll pick a game, usually an indie or retro type title, and we'll play it for a couple of weeks, and then we'll get together and record this podcast where we short share our. Uh, Thoughts on the game, kind of in a in a book club format. It's not intended to be an official, full blown review. We have plenty of those here on ElderGeek.com that you can check out if that's what you are looking for. This is, as one YouTube commenter called it, lazy talk with friends. <laughs> 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 so I think we should, uh, if we could remake the artwork for the show and just have a see lazy talk with friends, that would that would be perfect. <laughs> Instead of it's like a book club for games. Yeah, it's just lazy game. talk with friends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this time around we played the game Colorbind. And, um, Phil, why don't you go ahead and give us a little backstory on it. Oh, and just for the uninformed, we do tend to spoil things on this podcast. I don't know what you could possibly spoil about this game. When, but 
when the colorblind car runs over its dad, it's really, really intense. No, <laughs> it is very sad. There's no it is a hard. I, I was just trying to get in the habit of putting that spoiler warning at the beginning. Even well, though I that, guess we could ruin like if there was some kind of like crazy, uh, like I don't know, game design thing that happens midway. You know what I mean? Could be yeah. something to. Could right. be still something to ruin. Doesn't necessarily have to be story. Right. So if you're the type of person that just doesn't want to know anything about a game, I don't know why you're listening to this in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you should be looking at the time code of this thing and going, no, not for me, no. <laughs> so right color in that exact voice. I keep calling it colorblind, but I mean, that's the point. It's a play on words, right? Colorblind. I think so, yeah. Right. Right. So, color, as it's spelled here, this is the, uh, I guess that's the French and Canadian way, right? Color. C O. Pretty, mu- pretty much the the non-American, non-American English spelling of, of, color. Color, mm-hmm. of color, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess in Europe, yeah. in England, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so it was created by Finn Morgan. He's an independent developer from Australia. Uh, he worked on the game, or I, I'm sorry, uh, clearly I am reading tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he worked as a game programmer for about four years. Uh, his credits include Heroes Over Europe. Do you guys know what that is? Mm, I've like heard of that before, but I, uh, I'm not. And not Dungeon Defenders, I believe I have heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that as well. Uh, and he's been working on Colorblind. Um, Bind. <laughs> 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 he did. He he worked as he was working professionally. He was working on Colorblind. Okay. Uh, he actually created like a very early prototype of it in 2008, and the creation of the game took place over those four years. But it was, you know. Depending on how busy he was in real life, there were like lulls during development, which is something I can completely understand. There are things that took me like a year that I probably only worked on for a few months. Um, so because he's not an artist, he kept the actual game art to a minimum, and as a result, everything is all vector. Uh, it's all vector-based graphics, mm-hmm. and that actually, I guess, the flip side to that is it kept the game size down to like 20 megs, and half of that is music. So it's like a very tiny game, very tiny 10 meg game. Which is kind of cool in an age of these inflated games. Uh, so Morgan is kind of waiting to see how Colorblind does, how it sells, before he actually decides to move on as an independent developer or just kind of keep, you know, working in the industry professionally. Hmm. Not that, not that being an indevelop developer is not working professionally, but well, anyway. yeah, it does. You know, I mean, if. From what I, everything you hear and read, and and from you know indie game the movie and and what those guys put on the line to make right. these games, uh, you know it's not something you can bank on to to put food on the table. Right. So it's understandable. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the whole game was written in C plus plus, and he actually tried very hard to make the game playable for people who are actually color blind. Because the whole game, we didn't really describe the game. We'll get into that in a minute. But the whole game uses colors, and the different colors mean different things. Um, so why don't we go ahead, Steve? Do, or who wants to? Des- I'll describe the game. So the game. Before we get into our thoughts, I I'd say it's a puzzle platformer, um, physics based, mm-hmm. and the colors all have different gravity. So say there's like three colors on a stage. Uh, there's like red boxes, blue boxes, green boxes. Um, maybe the blue boxes always want to gravitate upwards, or maybe the red boxes always want to gravitate to the left or to the right. Each stage has different rules. It's never always the same. It's never like it's never like blue is always up and red is always down. 
Um, they tell you that. There's these little arrows that show which way the gravity is heading. And, and not only are, like, obstacles on the stage affected by the color, but so is you, so are you. You're like this little car, and you just drive around. And you can kind of hit these gates, and you can turn that color. So say you're driving on the on the floor, you touch something that's blue, and maybe that'll flip you up to the ceiling, and then you know you figure it out from there. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the whole the whole thing. So with that said, thoughts. You got one of you guys go first since I just uh, yeah. Um, you know it's a it's a cool game. Uh, it, the uh, you know I'm uh, very convinced. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, I, I, I played it for a bit, and I got through maybe about a dozen levels. Um, and a lot of the time, I've kind of felt like I, especially in the early ones, uh, I felt like I was just kind of muddling my way through it. Um, there's some instructions that are given, which I one thing I did like a lot was the way that he gives the instructions. Um, yeah the what you're supposed to do uh if you're watching the video you'll kind of see the little messages like in the gray area of of the level um as you kind of move along it'll flash messages uh to kind of tell you what's going on it's not really hand holding but it is informative enough that you can kind of put it together but at the same time i kind of felt on some of those early levels i felt like i could just do anything and i got through it and it didn't really even uh matter um uh, you know, before we started doing the show and we were just kind of chatting, we had kind of talked about the graphics and stuff, and you mentioned that he wasn't an artist and he kept everything to a kind of a very vector look. You know, it's not a not a pretty game uh, at all, and I don't count that against it, really, because, I mean, you know, it's, we've always kind of been champions of the, of the you know, uh, uh, gameplay is what counts over graphics, and, and if it's a fun game and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, shouldn't really matter if it's not amazing looking. But, um, you know, I, I think it works for what it's supposed to be, which is just kind of like this uh, Atari-ish kind of looking game, I, is what I took it as, uh, from that kind of era. Um, even though I don't know that that was what the intent was, that's what it reminded me of. Um, but, you know, past, like I said, I got up to like around 11, 12 levels, and I just kind of started really losing any sort of, like I wasn't compelled to keep playing. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it was, it, like, I just, what, I've played plenty of games like this where, you know, I really get into the mechanics of it and I really have a lot of fun and, and it, like, it, I guess the only, I don't want to keep using the word compelling, but that's what it does is it compels me to keep playing it. Whereas with this, like, I, I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. It does this now and now I'm changing gravity and moving myself around and, and, uh, little stuff like that. But, uh, it, it really didn't grab me to the point where I wanted to just see it all the way through and uh, you know I don't I don't really know what to say about that I, I'm not saying it's a bad game or anything like that it just didn't really grab onto me I think that's a pretty good point the, the fact that you it didn't compel you to kind of complete it and I, I gotta I gotta admit I'm in that same boat too um, it starts off okay um, but I think that the I really think that the biggest hindrance for the game and I think what what is supposed to be part of the the mechanics of the game is the actual car itself. Mm-hmm. You know, mastering how to control this car is like, I would say, more than fifty percent of the battle. And for people who are not watching the video but are just listening to the audio version of this, the car itself, um, it, it is, it is, it's almost like a skateboard but with overblown wheels. It's not really a car, and it can yeah. operate on both upside down and right side up. 
and it is very floaty to say the least mm-hmm. and th- the way you jump is you hit the space bar and it actually inflates your tires and and the the force from your tires being inflated is actually what sends you up in the air but i don't know every time you start and every time you stop you know the the force of the momentum or the force of, of your you know of you suddenly stopping causes your car to tip forward and to tip backwards and yeah and the mastery of the car alone is like I said, more than 50% of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. If the game was just about the puzzles and you had a character that you could control flawlessly, like, say, Super Mario or Super Meat Boy, then I probably wouldn't have such a uh, an issue with the game, with, with the longevity of the game. But but the problem is the main character that I'm controlling is the, is the bigger part of the puzzle. And while I'm playing it, I feel like I'm playing... Like uh, like Quop 2.0 or Clop 2.0 or whatever it is, and so I, I think people who actually genuinely find enjoyment out of those kind of challenge based games will enjoy this, but but I personally just don't. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I feel the same way. Like I think the physics of the car is what really I think ruins the whole game for me personally. I think I've said this before on previous game clubs, but I these like 2D games, these 2D platform games that have like these physics engines or whatever that's going on in them I always get very frustrated with them because they're never precise and you can never there's this one part for example you have to jump you have to make this huge jump you go up this ledge I don't know if you did this one Randy and it actually says like I think the hint at the bottom of the screen is you know go up there and jump and like you can rotate your wheels in midair and then you inflate them at the last second and you can make like this huge leap that yeah, took me I, th- I think I did, I did that up. Yeah, it took me. I mean, it took me forever because you're kind of like trying to balance the car in the air, and then you're hitting. And I felt like it's one of those things you could never repeat the same way once once you did it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you bring up Mario. Mario, like you know, I know that if I perform this one jump the same exact way, that I'm I'm going to be successful in that jump every single time. But I feel like in a game like this, where the physics are so just kind of like wonky, like. I can never recreate that same jump yeah. the way I did before. And it, that maybe people like that feeling, but I hate that feeling. I hate like not feeling like I was able to master something. Right. I think the diff- the difference of and uh, kind of what you just said is that in this game it's like you're fighting against the physics. Right. Whereas in like the situation you described with Mario where you know how to make a precise jump, it's like you understand the physics of the game and right. you're able to then use them to to aid you to your advantage right, right to your advantage right but uh in this game it's it's kind of like yeah what can't i do is what you're kind of thinking you know like <laughs> <laughs> how how can i make this do what i want it to do based on what i know of it and i and i feel like a lot of the game i fudged my way through uh randy we were talking the one time there's this one stage probably around stage 20 uh it's kind of like a cube it's probably one of the first difficult stages and I, by the way, I think I made it about halfway through the game before I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, it's like a cube stage, and you can kind of just rotate around the cube. Um, and the goal is kind of just off to the right. Actually, I'm glad I brought this up because it made, reminded me of something else that bothered me too. Um, and I know I beat this stage, but I know for a fact I only beat this stage because I just kind of fudged it. I was just like, well, let me just try acting like an idiot here. And I was able to get my car to fly over to the gate. But I know I did it wrong. Like, I know I did not <laughs> play the stage properly. Um, and I don't know. That kind of just... I guess that's cool that there's multiple ways to get through a stage. But 
at the same time, I was like frustrated enough with the stage that that was when I started looking for other options. I don't know. I guess people are in, people are into that kind of stuff. People like breaking games, which is cool. Um, I don't know, but it but it frustrated me here. But speaking of that stage, um, if you fly off this cube, you just kind of get propelled in the space like infinitely. Yeah, just, I let it go too. Yeah, I let it go too. <laughs> I was just like, I wonder if it's gonna time out or do something, and. And it didn't, and that made me just kind of think, well, you know, that's kind of, like, um, just screams to me that it's not, like, a polished product. You know what I mean? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the game should know, you went out of bounds, I'm restarting you. As opposed to me, the player, going, oh, okay, I guess I have to hit the restart button now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying, you know, like, you die, you know? So... I don't know. It just kind of lacks, lacks like polish you, and you kind of turned into you kind of turned into Christopher Walken for a second there with the uh, <laughs> you, ju- you just died thing. <laughs> You're talking That's to me all wrong. <laughs> you you <laughs> use that tone again, and I'm gonna stab you with a soldering iron. You just died. What a, what a great movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you noticed which one I was talking about. Yeah, Joe Dirt, man. <laughs> um, thought I was the only one that liked that. Oh, uh, uh, you know, honestly, but not to, not to go off on a tangent about Joe Dirt, but that is one of the few movies that the more I watch it, the funnier I find it. But <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, it's good. About uh, about colorbind, you know, I think one of the bigger issues that that I really found with it, and maybe maybe this was all in my head, but I felt like all of the gravity on every level wasn't the same. It's not the same, and that bothered me too. And 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 that sameness is kind of what you need to become a master of the game. Do you know you know what I'm saying? Right. Like you need that consistent gravity to become a master of the car and how it flips exactly. in the air and everything like that. But without it, it's really hard to do that. So you're kind of learning on the fly on every single stage. Right. Like blue should always mean up. Or That's down, yeah. That was actually what know? I was going to say next. The colors should always resort to whatever direction of the gravity should be. So like. That I would understand why he would be limiting himself to these colors, to like blue, red, green, and I think yellow is the other one, or orange mm-hmm. or something. No, I think there's a purple too. A bunch of colors okay. show up. Yeah. Purple, but but still, it, those colors should always mean a certain direction. So like red should always mean down, blue should always mean right, green should always mean left. But it's not. It changes stage to stage, kind of like a boy in his blob. It's funny how it always comes back to that game. <laughs> but it's funny, like boy in his blob in the in the Wii version. Your menu wasn't always the same as to like what jelly beans you were throwing out. Like it was, yeah. it was different every time you pull it up. So, if he was going to be changing the gravity and changing the directions, uh, you know, every single map, then there would have been no reason for him to not, toss, you know, toss up the different colors too. Aside from these these simple basic colors, I have no problems with red, green, blue, and and uh, and purple. You can make some beautiful stuff with it, but he could have been a little bit more adventurous. I think. You know, maybe if I'm thinking. Maybe the purple. I think because there's like those beams. I think maybe like colors cross and they change. Colors do cross and they do change. So maybe that was why he didn't make something a, a constant. I'm not sure. Maybe, but, but yeah. I don't know. But it seems like the obvious thing is each color should automatically mean a certain direction. Right. I mean, and he sh- like the bottom of the. It's not like you go in there and you're like, well, what does blue mean this time? There is a little guide at the bottom that says blue is right and yeah, all that other like kind arrow, of stuff. Yeah. Which I guess is, was his method of well that wasn't his method of dealing with colorblind people. I think the method of dealing with colorblind people was also like in stages in certain stages there's like um kind of like these flags and the flags are flapping mm-hmm. in the direction that you know that color would go mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. I think that was like his 
his one of his workarounds. But because um, you know he can still match. I don't know how a color blind person sees, but I'm assuming you can match those colors that you see to to the flags or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I agree that the uh, the inconsistency between the colors is kind of you know what the colors mean throws you off. Yeah, and and I, I will say this. I didn't. I didn't hate Colorbind in any stretch of the imagination. I do think that it's a solidly built game. You're not going to have any issues with it. And I think that people who are puzzle junkies and who are junkies of this type of gameplay will really like it. I, I I'm just not one of those people. Yeah, I can see somebody yeah. liking it. I can um, see people enjoying it. Oh yeah, but uh, oh gosh, there was there was one other thing I kind of wanted to say about it. Shoot, it's it's well, ugly. Well, the game has a <laughs> one other thing. I guess it's worth mentioning. Um, Actually, one th- before one thing I did actually really like about the game was I really liked the bu- the music a lot, and I yeah, can't seem to find anything about the music anywhere. I've I've done a lot of digging around trying to see if I could find any information about who composed it or mm-hmm. uh, you know if there's a soundtrack available. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Dead Can Dance um, at times, like early uh, like mid 80s dead can dance uh hmm. it kind of reminded me of that and and uh i was kind of enjoying it i almost felt like i could just put the game on and let the music play <laughs> and then go do <laughs> something else <laughs> yeah good That's music cool. go- it always helps puzzle games like this yeah it was kind of relaxing and kind of had a cool vibe to it so yeah i, I was getting into that uh, a bit um the other thing what i was going to say that i thought i think that should be mentioned about the game is it seems like and i i did not look into all the different modes and things but it seems to have a lot going on in it like it has cooperative stuff in there it's got a level editor it's yeah you know, it's i feel like tied into steamworks uh in some way mm-hmm. yeah so i uh, it's I not like i'm oh, sorry go ahead no <laughs> i was just gonna say yeah it's it's i'd say that's uh you know for the money you get a pretty decent package if you're into it you know as far as like you're saying it's got like some cool features but I'm sorry, Randy. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think that I think the level editor will definitely add some longevity for people. There's there's something very line writer about it. Something very, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is something very line writer esque about it. But but at the same time, I don't feel like this is the best that he could do with the game. I think that on paper, Colorbind is like a home run. You know, this this physics based game where you're a car and and uh, you know you change the the direction of gravity based on colors. That sounds awesome. But the execution is a little bit short, and, and I can't help but think of, like, Geometry Wars 1 and 2, whereas, like, Geometry Wars 1 was good, but Geometry Wars 2 is, like, one of the best games you can play on Xbox. Right. You know? So I think that if he gave this another try, that I think he, he could really get a fantastic puzzle game out of it. But Yeah, there's definitely some solid ideas in here, and I think that uh, his... his uh work with all the physics stuff while still having a couple weird things like like you guys mentioned i still think he did a really nice job with it mm-hmm. um and i think that he's got something there that he could build on for sure Hmm. agreed agreed like i said before i think it's a decent game it's just not the kind of game that i can sit down and play for hours and hours you know yeah it's 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 yeah, I'm I'm in the same exact boat, and unfortunately, with this time of year and everything too, it's you know th- there's a lot c- out there competing for our attention. Not only in not <laughs> only say. in video games, but just this time of year in general. You got holidays coming up. You got TV yeah. shows. You got elections. You got all kinds of stuff going on in the world that just uh, you know if, if a game's just not compelling, which again there's that word, but 
you know, then then it's going to get drowned out by other things. But it, it, you're you're actually raising a really good point. This is coming up at a time where the the competition is absolutely brutal. If it came out in the middle of the summer, it might have actually done a little bit better. But I mean, it's coming out against Mark of the Ninja. It's coming out against Chivalry. It's coming out against uh, War of the Roses, Borderlands mm-hmm. Two, Torchlight Two, Dishonored, XCOM. I mean. Don't forget Resident Evil 6. Don't forget Resident <laughs> Evil 6. I mean, it has stiff competition. But, you know, is any of that competition another puzzle game? No, but puzzle right. games are, for the most part, good puzzle games are timeless. And Tetris ca- and, and uh, you know, yeah. I, I would throw um, Super Meat Boy as a puzzle platformer. That that definitely has, you know, legs to last it a lifetime as well. So Right. Um, and this game carries, uh, you know, it's not a budget title. I mean, like, it's a $10 game. So, I mean, while that, I mean, compared to a $60 game, I guess you could say that's a budget title. But anymore, when I think of budget titles on PC, it's usually somewhere in the ballpark of like 3 to $6. Yeah, and yeah, so, $5 you know, or under. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, you know, at $10, that's not doing it any favors right now, I guess, in terms I of... I can't believe that we're at this point in time where a $10 game is not considered a budget. I, yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. We're like ten dollars. Uh, yeah, as I s- like five years ago, if somebody was like, "Oh, the game's only going to be ten dollars when it comes out," you'd have been ecstatic. But now I'd it's like, like ten dollars, man. As I said, <laughs> as I said it, I realized the ridiculousness of the, of what was what I was saying. But um, yeah, I, it's I true know, though. There's it, truth. There is truth to it. Yeah, I, especially in this world of Steam sales and everything else, and 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 all and the iPhones. <laughs> apps, these dollar apps, and free to play <laughs> games, and honestly, yeah, and like you, seriously, iPhones and and dollar apps. This that is this game's competition. Our our iPhone and dollar app games. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, so I don't know. It'd be nice if it finds an audience, and you know, he makes his sequel or makes his next game or whatever. I w- I really do want to see a sequel for this because this. Like I said, on paper, I was jazzed about this game. Really, really excited. But then, you know, finally getting my hands on it, I I mean, it was solidly built. There's no, like, there's no stability issues with it. The puzzles are all definitely clever and everything like that. But I just, like Steve was saying, I think Steve nailed it. There's no there's no compelling reason to kind of continue on with, with the puzzles, unless you were just a puzzle junkie. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be any... Uh... And I'm not on Steam right now. I'm not logged into Steam, so I can't say that def- this definitively. But I don't see a demo available mm. for the game either, which I think really would maybe be a good thing to have out there uh, in this day and age. I, I-, I think it is a-, a good enough game where I think if someone just looked at these screenshots and maybe just read the, the description, they might not be interested. But if they mm-hmm. were actually able to sit down and play maybe through five or six of the levels, then it might compel them to, to pay the $10 and get the game. Yeah, I could agree uh, with that. I think that's... Especially uh, because I do think... I mean, I know we champion the whole doesn't matter what it looks like, but, I mean, let's be honest, it's an ugly game. And I think if someone just looks at a screenshot of it, they're like, this game looks like shit, and then that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, they don't mm-hmm. play it. So if there's no demo... Uh, yeah, like you said, I think a game like this, you do have to play it. I think, to to get it, you know. Yeah, and even yeah. watching videos, I don't know really if that would, because you're not experiencing the way it actually controls. Right. And I did like the one thing I did like about the controls was the ability to like kind of stop on a dime, with the car. Yes. I thought that yes. was that was cool and that had some potential. Oh, right. Um, 
but it was also like you were never moving particularly fast, and a lot of the time you were just kind of floating and bouncing around anyway. So, like, if it was, like, a game where you were kind of going fast through some of these areas and then stopping on a dime to make, like, and then stopping and then having to do, like, a precise jump or something like that, mm-hmm. I think that would be uh, pretty interesting and, and maybe a bit more fun. But that's not what this game is. So, I, you know, it, 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 is, it is what it is, and, and I guess I can't really ask it to be something else and, and, and be fair. But, uh, you know, taking into account all the things, like, you know, that this guy built this, uh, you know, pretty much in his free time over four years while he was, you know, working a day job. It's, you know, I, uh, we've said this in the earlier episodes of the show and, you know, for people who maybe have started listening uh, later on. And, you know, one thing with this show that is important to me is that, especially when dealing with indie games, uh, is that, you know, we, we acknowledge the fact that, you know, our hats off to the people that make these games and and uh, dude totally if he's if he was making this in his own free time after work and everything like that i totally applaud that yeah absolutely yeah and uh, even if even if you know we don't enjoy a game and and whatever you know we we never come into this with the intention of of kind of trashing something because right i never want to just yeah exactly we we certainly respect the uh the work that goes into it we're all in creative professions uh and and can understand you know what it takes to 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 put something like this out and put yourself out there so and you know even as a podcaster you can certainly relate to putting yourself out there and getting negative feedback so i i try to be delicate uh when 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 i'm saying that i didn't particularly enjoy something especially something that's built by one guy i guess is my my roundabout way of making the point is when it's one guy who made this on his own in his free time if this was like yeah. a t- if this was like a team of 10 people and it was like some indie studio and they put this out then i would probably feel you know a little less bad about just saying look i didn't like this or what you know but right, <laughs> right. <laughs> if it had like a, a some numeric budget to it aside from just whatever this guy you know had in, in his uh, income disposable income uh, then, uh, you know, that would be different. I will say this. the gra- so There were some great real uh, brain buster uh, puzzles in here, especially when they were just completely gravity-based. You were like, all right, which direction is my car going now if I hit the, if I hit the D key kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really did enjoy that. Uh, I just... And I'm um, sure the later puzzles are actually, like, really well thought out and stuff like that. Yeah, too. you know what? Uh, and I will say, to this game's credit, I mean, I've never played... I can't think of another game where I've played puzzles like these. Like, he came up with these. I, I don't know how I, I couldn't come up with a puzzle game, you know? Like, yeah, right. a lot of times you play puzzle games, and they're still kind of like they're built on this foundation of, you know, fitting things into something or, you know, whatever. But this game is kind of uh, it's, it's kind of different in that way. I, I can't really shoehorn these puzzles. They're physics-based, obviously, which we've said, and uh, but... Uh, you know, he had to come up with all this, and and uh, that that's no small feat to come up with a, a whole bunch of puzzles. Just you know, it's not like he could go to some like crossword puzzle book or something like that and be like, all right, I'm gonna take this and kind of adapt it into a game situation right. and call it Words with Friends or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, so he, I, I give him credit for that as well. While I'm while I'm trying to point out positive things and, and cool, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's pretty much sums up our thoughts huh yeah yeah i I, I think my final thought on it is great idea really good execution but i truly feel that the biggest the biggest setback for the game is the car 
you know yeah if it was i would say was... i would say a good idea i would say not not so great execution just because i didn't get into it so yeah okay yeah I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use the c word again but uh, i'll just say that you know it was it's it's interesting and i think there's some good stuff in there uh definitely a talented dude um but yeah just didn't didn't really grab me but that being said, if you're someone who's way into puzzle games and you want to check out something, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, if you can get a, like a demo um, uh, or, or if it comes out on, in some sort of sale where you or can indie get, bundle or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. If right. it turns up in an indie bundle, then, yeah, this is definitely something to check out. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I think it would I think this game would do phenomenal in, in, in an indie bundle, quite frankly. Uh, I think if it turns up in one of them. Uh, in the next uh, several months, uh, I think it, it might uh, find uh, new new legs. Uh, Holiday sales are not far behind, so yeah, yeah, either or, either or. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Uh, and I guess we didn't really get any feedback, right? So I guess no, <laughs> no one Nobody else played the game. No one wanted to play it. All right, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, and and I guess we should. Some disclosure, you know, obviously we, we were we received codes to play this, uh, so we didn't have to pay for it. But I could kind of see that, like I said earlier, that ten dollars being a barrier of entry to some people. Um, but uh, meh. So sorry, sorry guys. Uh, but next week we're going to be playing uh, Super Castlevania Four. This is going to be a little different. So if you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube or you know however you're. Uh, receiving this transmission. Uh, we missed a week last week. Uh, I wasn't feeling well. Sorry. We didn't do the show. Well, what we've decided to do uh, to make up for that is that we're putting out this episode this week, and then one week from now, uh, we're going to be recording our episode for Super Castlevania 4. We want to get that one uh, out in time for Halloween, so we're going to do it early. So if you're listening to this, uh, please send us some feedback for uh, Super Castlevania 4. Head over to our Facebook page uh, and post it on there. You can send it to us via Twitter at uh, eldergeek.com, um, or you can even send an email to eldergeekgameclub, all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com, and we will happily read any feedback uh, you leave us uh, on the next episode. And that includes YouTube as well for all you YouTube folks. Feel free to leave uh, some thoughts on Castlevania 4 in the comments, and we'll, we'll grab them, read them on the show. So that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to Castlevania 4. I mean, it was yeah. I, it's funny. It was a year ago we played Symphony of the Night. And, uh, yep. And I remember during that show saying, I wish we played Castlevania 4. And now we're here playing, we go. Now we're playing Castlevania 4, so I guess I got I to gotta man up. Put yeah, my, you put, better put my money <laughs> put my money where my my mouth is my mouth where my money is and uh, <laughs> play some Castlevania Four. I, I you know before the show I actually had some confusion and I actually played a, a fair amount of Super <laughs> Castlevania Four and I was a little shocked at uh, how much muscle memory I had for the game. I was whipping bats that I didn't even know were there. I'm like, why am I hitting the button right now? Oh, there was a bat there. You know, so nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that show. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be next week. Next week, uh, for all you people listening, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be in probably like six six days or so. So 
please look forward to it. And yes. iTunes and Zoom reviews, if you guys are listening to the show, uh, we would absolutely love it if you would leave us some feedback, uh, either through iTunes or the Zoom marketplace. Uh, we're also on Stitcher Radio. You can check us out there. Any ratings, reviews, feedback you can give us on there greatly helps us uh, improve our rank, and hopefully we'll introduce the show to new listeners, and we would appreciate that very, very much. And, of course... You should be heading over to eldergeek.com to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch TV. Uh, lots of great stuff going on. Randy, why don't you tell everybody about uh, the uh, weekend, the Friday Night Horror Fest. Uh, sorry, I'm Yeah, every tur- every Friday this month, well, pretty much every every day that we're streaming, which has pretty much been almost every day this, this month in October, uh, we're doing our Friday Night Creature Feature Charity Marathon for Child's Play. And uh, basically, we're just... We're raising money for Child's Play. Uh, head on over to our Twitch channel. You can actually watch us play uh, any random number of, uh, of horror games. I think this coming Friday, I'm going to be playing uh, Old Alan Wake and New Alan Wake, and probably going to be continuing on with my chapters of The Walking Dead, um, which uh, I have not played The Walking Dead before. I, the, my first time playing Walking Dead was on last week's show, and it's, it cool. is a fantastic game. But uh, come on out, join us. Even if you even if you don't have any money to give, come on out, join in the chat, uh, spread the word on Facebook, uh, Twitter, or wherever else you might happen to uh, hang out online, and uh, and that ought to do it. Very cool. Alrighty then, thank you guys very much for listening to the Outer Gate Game Club. My name is Steve, and once again, thank you Phil and Randy for joining me. No problem. And we will see you guys. Back here in one week for Super Va- Super Castlevania 4.